Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hello again, ladies. I am really excited about today's episode because I am talking with Elizabeth Hartke, who is a personal brand and freedom stylist who helps bring entrepreneurs all the tools needed to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing their personal brands. Formerly stuck in the cubicle life, Elizabeth broke free and built a seven-figure business helping extraordinary women break free of their ordinary lives. And she helps entrepreneurs get clarity and become leaders in their field, all while learning to make an impact that pays, which is what we all want. And today, she and I are going to be talking all about that ambition that drove her to build that seven-figure business and how you can apply that ambition to your business too. It's going to be a great conversation, and I am so excited for you to hear Elizabeth's advice. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're definitely excited to have you. I'm so excited to have this conversation all about ambition and motivation and how you've gotten where you are. So before we dive into that, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about you and what you do and your journey to get here? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I am a branding and freedom strategist. So what I do is I help business owners, entrepreneurs, people in the online business space and outside of the online business space grow and scale their business, typically from six to seven figures. Those are generally speaking who I'm working with, but oftentimes I also am working with some newer entrepreneurs who are looking to get things out of the gate strong. And we focus a lot on branding and we focus a lot on building a business that supports their dream for their life. That's where the freedom piece comes in. Cause I know a lot of times people will connect with me and say, okay, I got this business going. I thought it was my dream, but now I'm trading dollars for hours and I have no time to be with my family or my kids hardly know who I am, or I'm stressed all the time, or I have, I'm bringing in a lot of money into the company, but I'm hardly putting any money into my bank account. So we really work to build in that freedom piece so that they have peace in this journey of entrepreneurship. But that is not where I started. When I was a kid, I had this vision. I remember I used to sit on my dad's lap every morning before school when I was little, and he would read the Boston Globe cover to cover. And in sitting on his lap and watching him do that, he kind of planted this little seed, probably unknowingly, but it stuck with me my whole life. And it really charted a lot of my course as to where I would go, where he'd say, oh, okay, kid, you're going to be the first female sports writer for the Boston Globe. So that, plead with, that seed was planted. And I kind of moved throughout my life with that thought in mind. Okay, I'm going to be a journalist. So that's what I pursued. 
and my entire life I was a dreamer. Like I had these big visions for, for where I wanted to go in my life and how I wanted my life to play out. And I was going to be this amazing award-winning journalist. So I went to college and I went the conventional route and I went to school for journalism. And the year I was graduating, literally the headlines in the newspapers were, will the Boston Globe shut down? And it was like this giant slap in the face of, oh my gosh, like this is what I set my entire life up for. And now the, the platform that I thought I was going to do it through, is it at risk? Like, am I even going to be able to go this path? And it was the time in 2009 when there was a recession and everything was shifting digital. So newspapers were at great risk. So I did work as a journalist for a couple of years. I wasn't the first sports writer for the uh, female sports writer for the Boston Globe, but I did work in journalism and I quickly learned that it was not a viable way for me to make a living. And the things that I was doing weren't those grandiose dreams that I had as a kid. So I shifted gears and I thought, okay, well, I need to pay my bills and I need to, you know, work really hard and build my way up and work my way up a ladder. So I will go into corporate. So I went into corporate marketing. I enjoyed, I had worked in an internship in college in the marketing space and I liked the aspects of the human element of marketing. I liked learning how people think and I liked learning how to help people make positive decisions in their lives through marketing. So I went that route and it probably took about five minutes of me sitting in a cubicle to know that I was not cut out for that life. So I would sit in my cubicle and I would scribble down these different business ideas and these business plans and these marketing strategies and all these things that I was going to do that were going to be my big break to get out of my nine to five. And none of them panned out. And then one day I was online scrolling on Facebook and I saw this guy who would ultimately become one of my first business mentors. And it was a random Tuesday and he was out hiking with his daughter and his wife. And I was thinking to myself, what does this guy do that he has the ability to just check out on a random weekday and have that freedom to go just be with his family? That's what I want. I just want that. Like, I don't need the fancy cars. I don't need the big house. I just want that freedom and that flexibility and that those simple pleasures in life. So that's when I brought on a, a business mentor and I dove into entrepreneurship. And I did what I now help people not to do which is I built a business that didn't support my original dream. My original dream was to be out hiking in the middle of the day with my kids or to have that freedom of time to do the things I love or be, for, be there for the people that I love most because I couldn't do that when I worked in corporate. But I built a business that I became a slave to. If I wasn't showing up for it, I wasn't earning an income. If I wasn't working and grinding and hustling 24-7, I was falling behind. And I made a decision one day that that was not the path that I wanted to go down. I had witnessed so many of my family members be entrepreneurs and I admired that. And there were so many aspects of what they did as small business owners that I loved. They never missed game. They were always, you know, sitting at the dinner table with us, but that might mean after dinner, they were working to catch up on the work they missed because they weren't present for a few hours in their business. And I, I wanted the flexibility, but I wanted the freedom too. So I started mentoring people and teaching people from the many mistakes I had made over the years. And for the last almost 10 years now, I've been guiding people through a methodology that I have to help them build businesses that they love 
and that support that original dream. So that's kind of been my path along the way. That's so awesome. I love that you, you just tried all of these different things and if they didn't work, you trusted yourself enough to say, okay, this isn't working and I'm just going to pivot and do something else. And cause I feel like that's very similar to my journey in that I've just done a lot of things and, but I feel like a lot of people don't either don't trust themselves enough to do that, or they're just kind of too afraid to do that because it's really scary when you, you know, feel like you've spent your whole life or a good portion of your life thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do as a career. And then that doesn't work out. And so you said you grew up thinking you were going to be this sports writer. You were going to be this journalist. And, and when you realized that that wasn't really viable, you had to make that shift and, and make that transition. And so I just, I think it's really cool that you believed in yourself enough for that and that you had that ambition, which is what we're going to talk about today. But I just think that's so, so neat. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's something else to note in all of it is that I think a piece of me realized, and, and this might be one of those wake up calls for people when they really think about it. A piece of me realized that that dream of being the sports writer was not really my dream. It was a seed that was planted when I was a kid. And I think that, and, and my dad didn't do it in a, a way that he thought would affect my life so monumentally. And all of it ended up leading me where I was meant to go. So I'm grateful for all of it. But I think so often as kids, we get these dreams and they're kind of gifted to us. They're not really what's on our heart. And I, in working with so many people over the years, I've realized that when you peel back the layers of the onion and you really ask the right questions in talking to these people, that they have this realization moment of, wait a minute, I thought I really wanted this. And I'm so far into it, like I'm so committed to it. And I've, I've put in so much work over these years to work towards it. Like when people go to college for something and then like 10 years later realize they don't want to use their degree, it's almost this pressure because it was that seed that was planted so early on that we feel guilty if we don't like let it bloom. And I think it's okay to, you know, we're in a culture that's like, you never quit, you never quit, you never quit. I don't think it's quitting. I think to use a word that you just use, it's pivoting. It's being wise enough to see what path is the right one for you to continue down. So I kind of had to get to this place where like I spent 20 something years thinking that this was my dream and realized, wait a minute, this might not have actually been my dream after all. However, it did serve me pursuing it because I grew as a writer. Um, I learned so much about work ethic and commitment and so many things that I utilize today. And it led me down the marketing path, which ultimately I didn't want to do in a corporate space, but I use those marketing skills every single day in my business. So yeah, I just wanted to note that because I think a lot of people might be in a place in their life where they're pushing really hard to pursue something that might not actually even be the right thing for them after all. Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And that was very much my journey too. I grew up with this idea that I was going to do something in astronomy and I was going to go work at NASA and all of these kinds of things. And I went into college and, and started off trying to get an astronomy degree. And throughout college, I ended up changing my major like nine different times and still didn't settle on anything related to what I do now. So I, I definitely think there's, there's sort of a disconnect for a lot of people on the dreams they grew up with and what 
they're actually doing now or what they're going to be doing in the future. But I, I do think you're right. You, you can't look at it as quitting because I feel like quitting is just if you're quitting because it got hard or because you just don't think you're good enough. And I feel like if, if it's really not working, if you're not making the income you want to make, or you're having to, like you said, work 24 seven or go work after dinner to make up hours in your business or things like that. And it's making you miserable then it's not quitting. It's finding a better way to do something or it's finding a, a job that suits you better. And so I, I feel like a lot of people, like you said, just really do focus on that. Well, I'm not supposed to quit. I'm not supposed to give up. I started this business. So now I have to make it work or I started this career. So now I have to, you know, finish this, finish this out for the rest of my life. And, and I feel like it's just so hard for a lot of people to step back and say, you know, it's not my fault that this didn't work out the way I envisioned that it would, but I did get some great life lessons out of it. I got some, some expertise that I'm going to take with me into the next job or the next career. And so, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Cause I feel like it's just really, really hard for some people. And I feel like that's, that's definitely a struggle in, you know, with small business owners and in the entrepreneurial world. And especially, you know, if you're in an industry that, sort of ebbs and flows a little bit. I started out as a wedding planner and you know, some years weddings aren't as wedding planners aren't as popular. So, you know, you got to do things to kind of make up that income and, and still keep that flexibility for yourself. And so I feel like you definitely have to be willing to take a step back and look at the situation and say, is this the life I actually wanted for myself? Because if you're not happy with what you're doing, why do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dive in a little bit and talk about that ambition. Cause it sounded like you were a super ambitious person and child. So let's just talk about ambition. And, and I'd love to know what, cause you, you mentioned ambition a lot. So when you say ambition, what does that mean to you? And, and how has that really, you know, you just told us your story, but how did ambition really play into that with, with helping you make those transitions and, and with helping you build, you know, that career that you have now? Well, I actually learned the hard way. So I was really ambitious my whole life. I still am very ambitious, but I learned that ambition alone is never going to get you where you want to go. And I, I experienced this many times over throughout childhood into adulthood, but it kind of clicked in probably the last five years when I realized, oh my gosh, there's this ambition gap that I experienced that always leads to a disappointment. And I identified it in a lot of my clients where I'd be helping them with something and they had the vision. Like they usually, when you're ambitious about something, you have this dream, but it's something that's going to require a lot of work on your end. It's not just necessarily like a dream to be a mom someday or to, you know, get married or whatever it is. Like it's something that's going to require a lot of change and growth and you going above and beyond to achieve it. So one of my other biggest dreams, my, my whole life, I mean, if, if this were a visual uh, way for you to see my conversation, you would see that I'm, I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt right now. My bathroom growing up was blue and gold. My parents painted it blue and gold. The, out, ex, the exterior of our house was gold with blue shutters. I mean, we were a Notre Dame family through and through our dog dog's name is Newt Rockney and it's a girl. We had images of Lou Holtz around our house and my father played basketball. He was the captain in 1972. So I was like born 
into a Notre Dame family. So it was kind of just this assumption and this vision that I would go to Notre Dame. I wanted to go and I wanted to play basketball just like my dad did. And I had this, it was visceral. Like when I talked about it, I would light up like this is the only thing that I wanted. So when I went to apply to schools, when it came time towards the end of high school, I applied to a bunch of schools to appease my parents, but I knew I was going to Notre Dame. I didn't need in my mind to fill out any of those other applications because this was it. This was my big ambition, my big dream. So the day that the mail arrived and there was a letter from Notre Dame in it, and I was so excited to open that mail because this was like the number one thing I was aiming for. And I opened it to a note and it was not an acceptance letter. I was not waitlisted. I just didn't get in. The year I was applying to go to Notre Dame, 492, I believe, valedictorians were rejected. This school is insanely competitive. And here's what I learned. I had all the ambition one could ever have to go to this university, but I never did the work to ensure that it would happen. I was nowhere near a valedictorian of my high school class. I didn't have the grades to go to Notre Dame. I wasn't the athlete that was required of like that I would have had to become to be able to play a sport at the University of Notre Dame. I didn't do anything to ensure that that ambition would lead to my dream. So it left this devastating hole in my heart because this was like an entire life of ambition just crushed. And for years, I kind of just blamed everyone else. I blamed everything else. Like, oh, well, nine, almost, almost 500 valedictorians didn't get in that year. It was just a really competitive year. Or, you know, this was just not the path and I was really supposed to go this. Like, I just blamed everything but looking in the mirror and saying, oh, you just didn't do the work to get this. Like, you just didn't show up for this dream. So this ambition gap, it is almost a guarantee that it will lead to this massive level of disappointment. So what I work on with my clients and my masterminds, it is aligning your ambitions with your actions. Because when you do that, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll get exactly what you want because that's just not life. But what it does do is it gives you a chance. It gives you a chance to build the roadmap to get to that dream instead of just having a dream and hoping that time ultimately gets you there which it never will. And time is a thief if you're not doing the things required of you to get to where you want to go. So once I had that realization, everything shifted for me because then I started to understand like when I would have a dream, I would take it really seriously. I wouldn't let myself go there unless I was ready to show up for it, unless I was ready to do the hard work and the heart work to become the person that's required to even achieve something like that. I think so often we set this goal or this vision and we think it's just about taking the action. So now it's like, okay, I have this ambition. I'm going to align my actions with that ambition and then I'll get there. Well, what happens when you start to do the work? And this ambition is off in the future. This dream is off in the future. And you're not growing into the person that you have to become that's capable of achieving that dream. You do the hard work, you get to that dream and then it's fleeting because you haven't built yourself up into the person you need to become to get there. So those are kind of the steps that I walk through when I'm guiding someone through this process or I'm sharing about 
my own experience with it. And once I started to embrace that, that's where I started to see the major shifts in my life. Shifting from, you know, feeling stuck in a cubicle job where I'm writing down dreams of businesses to actually running two seven-figure businesses, there were a lot of steps in that process. It took time and it took commitment. Um, And I think that's a, a big thing that has served me along the way. I love that you said you have to become the right person for that ambition because I feel like, and I say this all the time, this is a business and personal development podcast because I feel like you can't run a good business if you're not also working on yourself. And I think that ties into that a lot because you said align your ambition with your actions. And I wrote that down because I thought that was so good. That was like just pure gold because I love that because I feel like a lot of times with entrepreneurs, especially because you took that, that leap of faith, you took that risk to launch your own business. And, you know, maybe it's exactly what you planned. Maybe it's a little bit off, who knows, but I feel like those people, the people that were willing to take that one risk to launch a business and, and kind of start that dream are usually big dreamers. And, you know, you said you were a big dreamer. I know I was a big dreamer. And I feel like a lot of times, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, I feel like a lot of times we dream just really, really, really big, but we really never actually sit down and consider, okay, what is it going to take to get me there? And, you know, I know people who are like, I want to write a book and be a published author. I know people who want to start conferences. I know people who want to start podcasts or start second businesses who keep saying they're going to do that thing, but they have no idea what it actually takes to do that thing. They haven't done the research. They haven't started doing the work. And, you know, my husband is a big dreamer and he's always grown up with this one dream. and a couple of months ago, we started talking about it and he was talking about all these things he would do with this business if he started it. And it's not, you know, a financial availability for him to do right now. But I was like, what are you doing right now to get you ready for when you can't afford to start it? What are, what are you, how are you prepping for this dream that you have? And he was like, well, I don't know what I would do. And we just made a list of all of these things that he could be working on and since then, he's really started diving into, you know, doing the research and, and getting ready to start that business. And so I think with business especially, I think you've got to be willing to say, okay, if this is something I really want, how bad do I want it? Do I want it more than these other dreams that I have? Is it my top priority right now? When can I make it a top priority? And how much work am I actually willing to put in? Because, you know, like you said, you built a business originally that had no freedom and you wanted that freedom and that flexibility to be able to just pick up on a Tuesday and go hiking with your kids. And I feel like a lot of times when people think about starting their own businesses and working from home, they feel like that's automatically part of the deal. And, you know, I know personally a lot of times when I've said, Oh, you know, I work from home. People are like, Oh, so you're in your sweatpants like every day watching Netflix and just kind of working on something on a laptop. And I'm like, no, I, I bust my butt like every day that I'm in the office so that the days I'm not in the office, I'm free to step away from it, you know? And so I mm-hmm. feel like, I, I feel like you just hit the nail on the head with that align your ambition with your actions, because if you're not putting in that action, 
like you said, that ambition is just going to get you nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of to, to go off of what you were just talking about, I, I don't want to disillusion anyone into thinking that when they're starting a business, that there isn't this state of hustle. Like there were years of working an ungodly amount of hours. And this is kind of where it comes in too. Like, let's say, for example, your mom and you want to build, you have this big dream and you want to build this big business and you want to get it to, you know, a million dollar plus business and whatever it is that your goals are but you don't want to miss those precious moments with your kids, then you have to figure out what that's going to look like. You obviously sacrifice the things that you can. So, you know, for me, that was giving up TV. Like we don't even have a TV upstairs in our house anymore because it's, it just doesn't serve me in my mission. And I didn't want to sacrifice those moments with my children, but I could sacrifice other things. So, and maybe you're sacrificing sleep or other things that you, you can give up without taking away from your kids. But what you also might need to do is say, okay, I have this dream and in a vacuum, I'd love to hit it in the next two years. And, but I, I'm not in a vacuum. My life is such that I have little kids and I don't want to miss those moments and I'm not willing to sacrifice those things. Then you have to be realistic in your goal setting and in your timeline so that you are still aligning that ambition with with your life. Because it also will lead to disappointment if you say, okay, I want to hit this in two years. And either you, in those two years, give up those precious moments that you really didn't want to give up. And then you look back on those two years and say, gosh, where did, how did they grow up so fast? I missed it. Or you set that goal for two years from now and you don't give up those moments. And then you get to those two years and you're nowhere near your dream because you just didn't have that, um, alignment with what it was going, what was going to be required of you to achieve it. So sometimes like I've had these goals that for other people might take a lot less time, but I say, okay, I'm okay with this taking a little bit longer. If it means that I'm not sacrificing my values or I'm not sacrificing my priorities today. And there are still are certainly states of hustle. And there are times where we're putting the kids down and we're staying up late and, and working on a launch or getting things ready. But generally speaking, I've already kind of paid those dues of a few years of like crazy hustle. And I've built out a product suite and offerings that build more freedom into my life. So my business isn't just built up on me being present at all times in order for me, for it to operate, for it to grow, for it to bring in um, a growing income. Right. And I feel like, you know, especially I love social media. I swear by social media. I think it's great, especially if you're in business, but I feel like with this world we live in now with social media, you know, we hear all, all the time people talking about like imposter syndrome and, and how it's so easy to just like, look at her Instagram and see what she's doing and feel like you're so much farther behind. But you know, no two authors are the same. No two conference leaders are the same. No two podcasters are the same. And so everybody's got a very different dream. Even if you have the same kind of end goal, it's going to be a very different journey to get there. And so I think it's so easy to look at somebody else and say, oh, well, she scaled this business in six months and now she's making six figures and working on seven and, and she has two kids but maybe her kids are a little older and, you know, she works more while they're in school. And if you've got 
little babies, then you don't want to miss that time with them. And so I feel like you've got to be willing to put in that work and you've got to know that that work has to happen, but you've also got to be willing to know kind of what season of life you're in. And if that, that level of work and that intensity is really appropriate for the season of life that you're in. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So what was kind of your process? And I know you sort of touched on this a little bit, but when you, you got, you said you got that letter from Notre Dame and you realized I didn't put in the actual work, the actions to follow through on this ambition. And so you really started kind of working on yourself and, and, and trying really hard to actually follow through on, okay, what can I do? What do I have time to do? And so what was that process like for you? What was the first thing you looked at? Because I'm sure we have some people listening who are thinking, yeah, that's me. Like I've built this business, but now it's draining me. I'm depleted. I don't have time for the things I actually want to do. I don't have time for my kids. And I know I need to put in that action, but I don't know where to start. What's your advice for just starting that process? I think it's getting clarity is the first step because you have to know what you want. And this is an exercise I do with each of my clients, no matter where they are, whether they're a C-suite executive, whether they're an author, whether they're just breaking out of the gates of entrepreneurship or anything in between, we have to do this step of gaining clarity of the actual vision that you have for your life and how you want that to play out and what the day-to-day would look like, what the like flashy fun stuff of your business or life might look like and what the not so sexy things are going to look like in order to help you get there. Because then you can see, all right, this is the path I want to go. Or you can course correct or pivot or change, change course. So we do a, an exercise that I call the future forecast formula. I'm happy to share it with your, your listeners. I can pass along to you so you can give it to them if it's something they're interested in. But it basically walks them through this process of doing an audit and really looking at their life and looking at the buckets of their life that they're they're dissatisfied with or that they're not uh, not feeling they're fully supported in their life and how they can improve those different areas. But then it it comes down to building out a roadmap. So what are the steps that you have to take to get there? And really it it all comes down to the fact that um, you can leverage that these people are going to have ambition. Like they're going to have a vision, especially when they do this exercise, they're going to start to see life as what's possible. But then how can you leverage that ambition to stay in a state of momentum? Because this is an issue I see all the time where people have these big dreams and these ambitions and those ambitions themselves are sexy and fun and loud, but the work they need to do to get there is not. So they open that beautiful shop with the gorgeous storefront but they're spending hours on end keeping their books and dealing with shipping and employees and bills and all the crap that nobody wants to deal with or the course creator who has the most amazing ads on Facebook and a stunning course but they're blown away by how many moving parts it takes to get a course operating like that the algorithms that you're figuring out on social media or the tutorials on how to use your hosting software or the sales page copy or whatever it is so there has to be this anticipation of what it takes so that those not so sexy things stoke the flame and they don't put it out. So for me, that first step was getting into state of action after I should say the second step was that because the first step was really visualizing and doing an audit of what was and what and really creating the roadmap of what I wanted. 
and some simple tools to just be chipping away at the dream, to be chipping away at the vision. Because when I realized when I got that letter in the mail and I, I remember that feeling, like I still, when I think about it, I don't get choked up. I don't get emotional on a head level, but my body still reacts. Like I still can feel that pit in my stomach that I had when I opened that letter. And I don't think I realized in that moment what the reality or the gravity of it was like, oh, you didn't show up for your life. That's why you're not getting this. It was just anger and I was hurt. But years later when I identified like, oh, this wasn't yours. Like you didn't work for this. You didn't fight for this. I knew I never wanted to feel it again. So I had to identify, okay, what are the things I have to do to ensure that I'm not opening a letter and getting that feeling again? So I, you can use tools to just be chipping away and staying in a state of action. Because a lot of people misidentify uh, motivation. They think it's coming from from the external world where it's really being generated from within. Like you have to create that motivation and the way you create that motivation is taking action when you don't want to. And that builds momentum. That gets you the small wins that show you that you're moving forward and that you're capable of taking steps. So uh, my husband uses any.do, it's an app on your phone, and Todoist is another one. And they're just just little things that you can implement each day. Like it sounds boring, it sounds painful, but the compound effect, like things building up over time based on your actions are what ultimately get you to where you want to go. The stuff that you do today doesn't show up tomorrow. It might show up six months, a year, five years from now if you do it consistently each day. So it was building up a discipline and building, building up that strategy of doing things that I knew were guiding me towards where I wanted to go. Now, that's another important thing to note because I think a lot of times people say, okay, I just have to take action, just have to do a little bit every day. Well, is what you're doing every day actually moving the needle down the road? Like, is what you're doing in line with what you want? So making sure, again, that your actions are aligned with your ambitions and they're aiming you towards them too. So that, that was a big piece for me is getting into a state of, of momentum through action and knowing and accepting and taking complete ownership of my life, which I, I don't want anyone to think that I've mastered completely. There are still plenty of times where I encounter disappointment and I go to point the finger elsewhere, but I now have learned over years of doing this over and over that ultimately that finger has to come back to me. Like that is on me no matter what the outcome was. So what can I do the next time when I move forward? What can I glean from that experience? And how can I put that into positive action to get me where I want to go? And you have to kind of like, I started to fall in love with the challenge. I started to become weird. Like I was at this place where I was like, oh, this is going to be that hard. I want to do that. Like, bring it on. I'm ready to suck at this thing. I'm willing to fail at it. And I'm going to show up for it, even if it's really, really, really tough for me. And I almost like looked for those things because I knew those were the things that were going to get me the biggest change and momentum forward. Yeah, I definitely, I, I think that's so true. It's usually the big, scary things that are going to take the most work or the most risk that actually really propel you into what you want. And I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, you have to get into a state of action because, you know, you hear all the time about how you need to work out. You need to get in shape. You need to, you know, really try to stay healthy because with your physical body, 
if you don't use it, you lose it. And, you know, you're going to end up being one of those really old people who like can't even get up and walk because you didn't get out and walk when you were in your twenties and your thirties. And so I, I feel like it's the same thing with, with ambition and with the action that goes along with that. You know, if you don't use it, if you're not really using it every day, if you're not really putting in the work that it takes to follow through on that ambition, then you get lazy. And when you get lazy, you lose momentum, like you said. And when you lose momentum, you start to try to blame everybody else for why you haven't reached the goals that you want to reach. And, and you start to try to come up with all of those external factors that play into it. And you said, you know, but eventually the finger has to come back to me. And I think that's the thing that people kind of forget is they, they dream really big. They come up with this big idea that they really want to make happen and they don't gain that clarity. They don't map out an action plan. They don't put in the work, but maybe they put in a little bit of work. And when it gets hard or when it gets scary, when it creates some kind of risk that they actually have to take, they're not really willing to do that. So they just blame it on everything else. And the reality is you just didn't genuinely care enough to put in the work. And I, I truly believe if it matters to you you'll that much, you'll find a way to make it happen. And, you know, putting in a little bit of work is not really genuinely trying to make it happen. And that's not to say that you won't have things that come stand in your way that you might not fail a couple times at it. You might have to find um, a new way to do it or kind of transition into a different way of thinking about it. But it does mean you've got to show up and put in the work and have that that dedication like you were talking about earlier to say, okay, I get that this is a big, scary thing, but that makes me want to do it even more because I know how it's going to feel when I get to the other side of it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I loved this conversation. I think I could sit here and talk about ambition with you all day, just because when you're talking with another big dreamer, it's just so much fun to, to talk about that motivation and Get you really hyped up, but I've loved this conversation. I think it's been awesome. So thank you so much for just sharing your story with us and, and giving our listeners that advice. And we'll definitely um, put some stuff in the show notes for them to go check out because you mentioned a couple different things that I think are going to be really great resources for them. Awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to share. And it's been so great being on with you. Yeah. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do have a fun little lightning round that I usually do with our guest, And they're just some lighthearted questions that I think are fun to end an episode with. So are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? I do a deep breathing exercise before I even lift my head off the pillow to bring more oxygen into my body and my brain kind of to wake me up. And then I drink 30 ounces of water while I'm still in bed. I'm that's like my internal bath, get my body going. And those are the first like two things I do before my feet even hit the floor. And then I do gratitude through prayer. Um, I have a very strong faith and that's how I keep it strong. And then I go crush my workout before my brain wakes up enough to tell me not to do it. <laughs> I wish I had your level of ambition just in the morning. <laughs> because I, that took years to get to that place for me because yeah, I'm not a morning person. That's, that is absolutely awesome. That's such a great morning routine. And I, I've said this on the show several times. I am not a morning person. So 
the water, the workout, the pretty much anything that's good for you just does not happen. For me, it's <laughs> for me, it's just like, can I get myself off of this pillow? <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I love it. All right. What was the last book that you read? I am reading, let's see. I have okay, so this is I'm a little weird in this department. I always am reading multiple books at one time. So the book that I most recently completed is Leader Shift by John Maxwell. I love that book. It was it's very good. It's so good. It's so good. Mm, that's a good one. I love that. All right. What is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So this can be like a service you love. It can be a product or an item, but just something that you feel like everybody just has to have. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So my, this is going to be so basic, but it's like, I just, what popped into my head of what I use all day, every day. I have my stainless steel Yeti water bottle. And the reason I say something like that is because it's created a discipline in me that has opened up other doors. Like it started with hydration. It started with drinking water all day, every day and counting the amount of bottles that I fill. So I use a little dry erase marker on the side of my Yeti and I do like a little mark, a tally mark to, for each time I fill it up. And I have like goals of how many times I want to fill it up throughout the day. But what that's done is that simple practice and having that, I love my Yeti in particular because it keeps my water nice and cold all day. Uh, it has opened up the door to creating other health practices that have served me immensely, not just in my health, but in my business, because I have optimized my health in a way where I have more energy and more clarity and more focus. So I would say get something like that, that allows you to create a discipline that you can keep with you. And hydration is a really easy, good way to start. That's such a good one. It's so simple, but so good. I really like that because, you know, we get all kinds of answers to that question, but I love that that one's building a habit, you know? Mm -hmm. So that yeah. was a really good, and my husband's the same way. He's got a cup that that's what he fills up all day long and he just loves it. And I, I think when you have something like that, that you just like really love carrying around and I feel like it helps you build that habit. So that was a really good one. I like that. Thanks. All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? So I'm not going to read the entire quote because it's long. But there's a quote by Mother Teresa that my goal is to live by this quote. And it's essentially the concept that she says, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to show up for your life based on, doesn't matter what the external world is telling you to do. So she'll say something along the lines of, you know, the world will treat you poorly, be kind anyway. And everything is like, do it anyway, show up anyway, even when it's hard, show up anyway, even when the world's telling you it's not the right thing, do it anyway. And it usually, her stuff is stemming from a place of be compassionate, be kind, be loving, be faithful. And even when everything else is telling you not to be that way. And we have it framed and I have it up in our house and I walk by it every day and it just has really been a compass for me. I love that. And I love how much it tied into our conversation about ambition. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. That was a really good one. 
All right, so tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social? Definitely tell them about your podcast. Yes. Okay. So you can find me on my website, elizabethhartke.com. And Hartke is spelled H-A-R-T-K-E. And I'm on Instagram a lot, at Eliz Hartke. And then my future forecast formula that I'll pass along to you so that you have it to give to your amazing audience and people can use that as a tool um, is just something that I like to share with ambitious people because I think it's really going to serve them. And then my podcast is really where I'm putting all my content out to, out into the world and that's scaling up. So if you go to elizabethhartke.com forward slash podcast, you can find it there or you can go iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast, just go to scaling up and you'll find me there. Awesome. And yes, we will definitely put that formula in the show notes. So you guys need to go check it out because I'm sure it's awesome because Elizabeth is so amazing to offer that to you guys. So Elizabeth, thank you so much again. I really do just appreciate your time and just being willing to share in those struggles. Cause I know, you know, sometimes it's not fun to dive back into those parts of your story and your journey to get here. So I just appreciate you being so open and so willing to share and, and, and talk about your mistakes and your struggles and, and how you got through it in the hopes that it'll help our listeners. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on Haley. This was great. And I love the work that you're doing. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast, then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire. <laughs>